This is The Witcher on TV Podcast Industries. We're back for the finale of The Witcher Blood Origin, episode four of Mage's Malice and Monstrous Mayhem. Everything that you've heard is true. I had Alvatir killed. And your family. All of Dog Clan. <laughs> I knew everyone that I loved would die, and I said yes. Without a second breath. I was going to be a footnote in someone else's story. I was a fertile thing to be traded. I was unseen, Fial. No. I saw you. Welcome back again, fellow witchers, to our coverage of The Witcher Blood Origin. We're on to the finale of this four-episode mini-series uh, from The Witcher, The Witcher Blood Origin. This one is called Of Mage's Malice and Monstrous Mayhem, and I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow witchers. I am one of your festive hosts, John. And ringing out the holiday cheer, I am Chris. Excellent. Back for the finale of uh, of the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This limited series, yeah, mini series. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe it's just the part one. Maybe. maybe we get a part two. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll get into it. We're going to be talking spoiler filled all about uh, this episode, of course, as we go in. So make sure you've watched all four episodes. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the ending and uh, and where all of our characters end up at the end of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. And yes. mm-hmm. um, but Derek. Uh, As we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of episode four, uh, what are some of the episode details? Well, again, episode four and the show itself is based on the book series by Andrzej Sapkowski and the game series from CG Project Red, although not based on a specific book. Uh, this is all an original uh, concept coming from showrunner Declan DeBarra and executive producer Lauren Schmidt-Hisrich. Uh, this episode directed again by Sarah O'Gorman and this episode written by showrunner Declan DeBarra and Tasha Ho. Uh, this is Tasha's first writing credit, but she has credits for a possible Tomb Raider TV show, interestingly, and an upcoming Red Sonja movie. Interesting. Mm, I've heard about the Red Sonja movie. Mm. I'd never heard that there was a possibility of a, of a TV show of Tomb Raider. Yeah, I think these are the Amazon ones, right? I think so. Yeah, I, think I think so. Because so. uh, Amazon also just bought the rights to publish the new Tomb Raider games. Mm, maybe that's and with what it Chris's is. Dynamics. But um, I do know there was a TV show in the works based on the more recent films. Oh, interesting, interesting. Because uh, I, I did a bit of uh, I did a bit of a search at IMDb when I saw this uh, this credit, and uh, interestingly, they're, sh- they're showing um, Haley Atwell starring as Laura Croft. What? I can see that. So not Alicia Vikander. Yeah, but I can see. I can that. definitely see it. Uh, Haley Atwell pretty much could turn her hand to anything, and I'd watch it to be honest. Because I love. Yeah, it. same. Yeah, mm-hmm. would be kind of cool. Anyway, uh, she's she's not uh, the writer of this episode. That is uh, Declan Barra and uh, Tasha. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what the game is? We do a synopsis for the Witcher Blood Origin episode four of Magus Malice and Monstrous Mayhem. Sure. After the deal between Balor and Merwin, Balor and his apprentice Fenric head with Captain Eredin and his scouting party to gather information so as to begin the conquest of other lands through the veil between worlds. Travelling through the portal created by Balor, he realises the true sacrifice he must make to obtain chaos magic. Killing Kendrick, the chaos magic flows through and into Balor, who uses it to send Eredin and his men to another unknown world of fire for eternity. Entering through the gates of Zintra, disguised as the royal army, the seven split up to complete their mission. As the Lark rallies the lowborn of Zintrea to rise up against their overlords, Skion takes Fial to Queen Merin, so Fial may kill Bela's beast, and she may reclaim her tribe's sword. But Merin renounces her deal, and has Skion taken away to be executed. Empress Merwin tells Fial that everything she had done to secure her position was necessary, which sends Fial into a witcher rage. While Merwin escapes to her room, her royal guards are killed, and he focuses his attention on the beast. After killing her captors, Skion lets the others into the palace, 
While the mages, Sindral and Zakair head to destroy the Master Monolith, Skion, Brother Death and Meldoth defend their position to, to allow Ayla to confront and kill Merwin with a knife to her stomach in front of her rebelling populace. Battling the beast, Fjol's rage transforms him further to increase his strength and to allow him to kill the flying beast. But the dark magic coursing through him makes him turn on his fellow companions, taking the eye of Brother Death. Only Ayla's singing calms him enough for her to kill him with her blade. Meanwhile, on reaching the monolith, Sindril and Zakair are caught by Bala, returning from the other world. Pinned down by Bala's new magic, Sindril uses Zakair's binding powers to combine his magic with Bala's chaos magic, destroying the monolith and killing Sindril in the process. The shattering of the monolith releases a great surge of energy that brings down the veil between worlds and starts the convergence of the spheres. In the aftermath of the convergence, the continent is transformed with the arrival of men on its shores. So too is Ayla, who is pregnant with her and Fjall's child. With the story of the Seven told, the timeless entity abandons Yaskia and his reality becomes the battlefield between humans and elves. Finally, in a mid credit scene, Merwin's mage, having discovered that the monoliths can be used to travel through time, watches on as a young Ciri plays with her young friends in Sintra. All tied up in a nice neat little bow, isn't it? Yeah, it was very Return of the King ending here. Lots of little bits, just kind of tying things up to some extent, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, so it's always a nightmare trying to do a synopsis on the basis of about a thousand different threads being suddenly hurled at you right at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Literally in the last four minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just yeah. like... And in case you've forgotten this, 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 this is the result of this. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but good, good to get to the end of the story and then close out uh, this time with our characters. You know, this, uh, this came out as four episodes. I, I would say most, uh, viewers of, of, uh, of The Witcher Blood Origins have watched all four episodes back to back. Um, you know, it's, it's an easy old watch. Uh, over yeah. the course of those, uh, those four episodes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the for episode one is the longest at 50 something. Mm-hmm. I think the most of them range around 42 to 44. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So instead of watching the, uh, the Porridge Christmas special like we have on BBC every year, <laughs> we can actually watch some new content on Christmas Day. So yeah. well, you may have. Well. One of those I things. certainly wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> One of those things, or you know, the the uh, the five hundredth repeat of uh, of Morkham and Wise's Christmas special from the seventies. You know, that's uh, all standards in our homes at Christmas uh, when there's nothing sure. new to watch. So. Sure, I don't know Mrs. Bucket in the corner here with her very <laughs> her very English and proper Christmas dinner. That's pretty standard in most people's homes, Chris. I, I, I'd say that. Uh, always has been. Always has sure. been. But, okay. And especially with no Doctor Who this year, it's nice to have some uh, some fantasy at Christmas as well. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Although I don't think we will be rolling this out for uh, the in-laws, <laughs> shall yeah, we say. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. Um, but we hope you did enjoy your holiday break, uh, fellow witchers. I uh, hope, you, hope you've enjoyed it. hope you've enjoyed be, uh, spending some time with us at uh, this time of the year with some brand new uh, content as well. Let's get into our big moments from episode four. Chris, do you want to kick us off with your big moment from the fourth episode of The Witcher Blood Origin? Sure. I, I'm going to take Fjall and the, the, the overall battle with the monster and kind of his... Um, his descent into demon form mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, and his eventual death. Um, it, it was interesting to see that like throughout this episode, beginning slightly towards kind of the, the, the end of episode three, mm-hmm. we do see him struggle to keep this inner beast demon kind of the, 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 the monstrosity, the monster in and keeping the darkness that we do see kind of like Geralt and other witches take, they, they take that point, the kind of elixir and their eyes go black and mm-hmm. they, they channel their inner monster. Here we see the first witcher or the blood of the witchers really kind of taking control more. Um, and for me, like 
the 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 beginning of that is when he's in there with Marion and he just starts that ma- maniacal cackle laugh that mm-hmm, like yeah. starts as a sob and you could see it and it just gets again the the acting chops here on display are fun it, it's you could easily just do this as a I was going to say Christopher Lambert in The Highlander. <laughs> well, I was gonna... Let's look for a reference that some of our listeners might have, uh, have actually seen, Chris. Yes. Yes. So more like Sean Connery in The Highlander, where okay. he plays the Spaniard, who's actually an Egyptian, hmm. in a Scottish accent. Um, because so, so you could have you... done it terribly, is what you're saying. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good seeing him slowly, like, just snap the chains and bulge and really kind of take on that darkness. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. I think some of it was, they kind of over CG'd parts of it. Okay. That would be my only thing was he kind of starts the, the clicking of the, the neck and all that kind of like slowly starting to bulge. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed but, that. I love, I love the kind of transformation. It felt really um, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of kind of look about it, where he was transforming. His arms were getting huge muscles on them and stuff. And just because they're doing the fast cut of the transformation, it looks really monstrous in itself. Yeah, you know, it, it looks, looks resident evilly a bit, a bit with evil, the yeah. with the quickness. Yeah, that jarring sort of snapping. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, uh, just before you complete your point there, Chris, as well, it's just like. I loved Merwin's expression because she's like, you're supposed to be the father of my child. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, he's just got, he's going kind of like all ragey yeah. <laughs> in front of her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's also I, going I quite like, grey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, what happened to your colour? Um, the, the, I, I agree. The fast cup looks cool. I think it was just also slightly a bit more, when you say Resident Evil, it's like, for me, it was Resident Evil 4 versus Resident Evil 1. Mm. That makes sense. Yes. Um, but I like that, that he then battles the monstrosity. The only concern I have, mm-hmm. which is he net, they, there's no, I was expecting, cause there is a few battles with the sword, different swords. Uh, he uses a number of different weapons, I should say. There was no mention of the silver mm-hmm. because in Witcher lore, there are two swords. There's the normal sword, your steel sword. For your men and everything else. And then you must use a silver sword for the monstrosities. Right. So I was expecting, like, one of the swords to be called out. Or, like, something is like, oh, we hit him with, like, he gets whatever. Like, he gets four different cuts. And there's only the cut from the silver sword that actually does damage, proper Mm. damage. And that's where he kind of... Yeah. They get call it out, and you have to. I was expecting a bit more of that because this is the ar- the origin of the monsters in this world. Right. It's um, interesting you say that because I I was it kind of because we hear that Sindral dies in this, and he's the one doing up the elixir, and it, it's kind of what I kind of like about this Witcher is certainly because he does transform at the end, as you say, the, it goes grey and so on, but also just the one arm's longer than the other mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It feels very prototypey, yeah. you yeah. know, which... So I hope Sindral gave the recipe, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that they could sort of refine it or something. But it seems like, you know, obviously a thousand years have has passed so that there well, is yeah. so there is possible refinement of this elixir or something that just sort of helps. Or and to your point around the silver sword or the silver weapon, mm. that they realise it has to be silver, that maybe they just, you know, lucky coincidence that he is uses a sword at the start just where he kind of does the Achilles tendon on on the mm-hmm. the monster, yeah. but that because he uses the massive um, silver sculpture, yeah, statue sword that that's silver because it's ornamental. Yeah, but he just doesn't know that. I guess. Well, exactly, exactly, and I, and I think you know to to your point. Remember the backstory that we've heard of the witch so far in the animated movie and in season two particularly. They do a lot of stuff by trial and error, and a lot of it is error and pain that they go through to to recreate 
a witcher every time. Only a certain number of the children that are experimented on survive and become witchers yeah. and survive through the process. Yeah. So had Sindral stayed alive and written out, this is the steps that you take. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't have died over the 1200 years between now and, and the time of Geralt, you know. Um, but also, I always got the sense with the witchers that it's passed down knowledge of how you defeat certain beasts. There's certain members of the witchers that have killed hundreds of beasts, but there's certain ones that died on their first attempt of killing a beast because they used the wrong method. There was a whole, um, almost a joke with, uh, with one of the witchers, I think, in season two, who, had had something like 30 attempts at beating a beast because he hadn't followed um the yeah. the uh, rules that had been laid down he was trying to kill it with a way that you can't kill the beast and everybody was laughing at him for spending so much time when it only took 30 minutes for another witcher who knew the trick um so it is it 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 does feel like that that these this is a um as you say a prototype version of the witcher and there there would have been an occasion here for a creation of the great book of the witchers and this is how you do it and could have saved a lot of lives yeah. and could have uh, had a better history but unfortunately it was in the middle of a big ma- massive battle exactly so, yeah. certainly because with the whole convergence thing you know we see that men are finally reached the shores mm-hmm. but i'm guessing a lot of monsters do as so well. we do we do see that because on the notice board there's four different notice yes. boards with help needed absolutely uh, um but back to if you for me it was cool like the final battle was fun we get that beautiful song again which is very hulk and uh black widow-esque the calm down of the beast sun's getting real low mm-hmm. uh very much akin to that yeah um but good to see i just it was a shame to see him die i i was hoping to see more yeah i, I think like then yeah. like holding the beat like some form of kind of they they chain him down and they work to fix him and bring him somewhat back and that's how like the next steps like he was this he was more beast than man and they mm-hmm. experiment yeah. on him to bring him back to be more man that's how you get a season no, but mm-hmm. uh, it was just sad to see that kind yeah. of character killed off. It, it was because it, we spent so much time with this character throughout the season, and he's, he is a really good character. You know, we we yeah. spent so much time with Geralt throughout uh, throughout the two seasons of the show, and he's he's so central to it. Having him killed off in an episode would feel uh, would feel similar. But the, but I think uh, <laughs> it's going to happen next season. Well, well no, he's he, uh, Geralt is still going to be there, just uh, not Henry Cavill, unfortunately. Uh, but no, Lawrence Safuaron has done such a good job as this character of, of Fial and, and him stepping up to be this more evil, bestial version of the character in this final episode, I think, worked really, really well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It, it was sad to see him killed because, in a sense, it feels like there's a line broken with mm-hmm. Sindral. Also, you know, we hear that he has died yeah. uh, in, in his mission to shatter the monolith. So you kind of like, I guess Zakair knows that elixir potion um, recipe. Yeah. But nonetheless, in terms of like the death of Fial, whilst it would have been great to have seen him in other stuff, because although, yeah, like you say, yeah. totally agree, really good. I've enjoyed him in this role. I thought the end was really superb. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fitting. Just, you know, that he's unable to control uh, the monster that is coursing through his veins. Yeah. And again, you get um, Ayla's music, the you know, the song, the, the tune, her voice that's able to calm him. But even then he goes for her throat, you yeah. know. And so... You know, like a good girl guide or boy scout, she's there with the knife in. I just thought that was really, in a sense, poetic, I thought. For our wonderful listeners, are going to have to ask you to explain why a girl guide would knife a beast. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> Do you no, just mean that she's prepared? Yeah, be prepared. Okay, I know right. that's scouts, I guess, but... Dip, dip, dub, dub. Yeah. But it just sounded a bit odd that, uh, just like any girl guide, she's there with a knife to stab you with the guts. She's got a <laughs> knifing badge, you <laughs> yes. know? Knifing, <laughs> knifing monsters badge. Um, Absolutely. She got that, and it's on- sewn onto her uniform. Absolutely, but unfortunately, all a little too late for once again. 
again. Uthrock would not um, Dylan Moore's character. <laughs> gets ripped in half after effectively being the one to uh, to lead the armies uh, to overthrow uh, overthrow mm-hmm. Centraeus. So that was a big surprising moment uh, for yes. me as, as, yeah. as he's mid-conversation. Uh, a comedy actor uh, coming on, making his comedy. Oh, wow, he's just been ripped in half. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and uh, he also... Uh, takes it out of Brother Death. Brother Death gets a, a punch to the face and his eye knocked out of his socket. I thought he had killed Callum. Yes, yeah, same. Yeah. Very much same. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's an like, unceremonious yeah. death. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh no. That was like, I was expecting something like One Nut. One mm-hmm. Nut's death was like spectacular. Like, yeah. that's how you kill a character. <laughs> and then just one knock to the face. I was like, oh. That's, yeah, that, that's a bit anti But I, I was pleased that he was there, um, sort of, you know, with the multiple roundups yeah. at the end. Uh, yeah. I, I was pleased that Brother Death was there because I think from the last episode uh, and even, you know, with this, just that relationship with Meldoff, mm-hmm. with uh, knowing there is some history there with Zakir as well, um, I was like, okay, I'm glad he survived. Yeah, um, even though we've now gone from one nut to one eye. So, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I'm glad he survived. Yes. But I definitely thought he'd been, uh, killed. Mm-hmm. At least we knew now that all this wraps into the very much of the blood origin of the Witcher. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what this has all been about. Yes, we got this more. You could take more. It's the origin of. Yeah. The, the 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 downfall of the elves and the, the 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 blood origin of humans in this world and the convergence and there's a lot of stuff that we get in here, but again it's called blood origins and it is very much the origin of the bloodline of the witchers, mm-hmm. and we get that we we see the gestation of the next generation mm-hmm. of the bloodline um, of elf witchers again yes. this is not human witchers, so. This does lead me to believe um, that we may get a second series or mm-hmm. so a, a continuation and a secondary limited series where it's 500 years now in the future and it's 500 seri- years before Geralt. Mm-hmm. And this is our, like, these are our bridging kind of ones. Yeah. So in between every two years, for two years for the seasons of The Witcher, we get one of these mm-hmm. um, kind of in between. And I think that's actually a nice way of doing it because you get a, Big show, middle, small show, big show, small show, and it kind of keeps you ticking, keeps your, keeps your Witcher yeah, kind of craving sated. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did like that little reveal at the end that the, the, the lark is pregnant with a, with a, a little egg, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> um, a, a little bird. Um, or maybe a crane, school of the crane. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, abs- absolutely. I, 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 I do like that Yasker's prediction that, uh, that of course, uh, which is going to be a badass elf, uh, to begin with, uh, which will really annoy Geralt. Um, I, I liked that that prediction has come true. Of course, it was going to be an elf. We knew that because it's in the time of elves, but, yeah. uh, but it's now going down the elven bloodline and will eventually transfer over to humans because all witchers in, uh, in Geralt's timeline are all human. So, yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all. That's major. My point, that's kind of the main story of y'all. And mm-hmm. it was good to see that he is the Witcher. As you said, from yeah. the character art, when you look at it, you can kind of guess that he would be the Witcher. But yeah. it was still nice that they kept us up to the end. And they gave him a nice kind of story. Like yeah. It was kind of the birth and the death of the, the first Witcher. Yeah. Um, I will say, to your point, I, I did kind of expect that we'd have that idea of um him maybe going off and living on his own as a hermit and going i can't live anywhere near ayla because i'm too dangerous the way i am and i thought we might get a little bit of that you know the the witchers are very secluded from the rest of society so i thought we'd have fiol kind of starting that off where he uh he has a moment and says i'm i'm going but uh, as you say she plunges the knife uh, into him so uh fiol dead by the end of the episode yeah and Mm. just the one thing and I'll kind of leave this. It's curious to know when the when it took place because in the years of Geralt, witchers as a species are, are barren. They mm-hmm. they can't they they become infertile during the 
creation of them. Yes. And they can't kind of have kids. So the question for this bloodline is, was it that it's their bloodline is strong enough to become witchers and on the night in the forest before that before the the experiment took place is that when they they the 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 union took place mm. and that's where the, the pregnancy came from or was it in the cave post kind of creation of proto witcher um and maybe these proto witchers are not infertile like their uh like their the ancestors in the, in the future. See, I'm telling you, if only Sindral left left behind the the uh, the book as to yeah. how they create them, then we could have had fertile witchers in Geralt's time. Yeah, um, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, it could have been it could have been just that. That's uh, it. I mean, there should have been something from Sindral. Mm. You know, I mean, I guess he, he's a mage. He takes notes, so there could be something somewhere. You know, this this magic they've tried it on. Um, his mother mm-hmm. who was dying. So, you know, Zakeh is still there. You know, one half is there. And yeah. at least for now, that is the most important thing because the her binding power with the kind of roots that come out mm-hmm. um, seem to be the thing that transfers the 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 you know the consciousness or the entities to it into the the living form yeah. so as long as she knows the old uh, recipe for the elixir i think yeah and he does shout it out to the group they go off collecting herbs and it yeah. but it takes like a whole evening to prepare so yeah I guess we'll see. And I think that's why I'd like to get more of this <laughs> blood origin. I know because... you say we'll see, but we have seen that it's not passed on correctly to the witches because they're doing it really badly for centuries well, afterwards. Uh, Zakara as well, you know, while she does understand the, the process and does know how to do it, or at least has major involvement in it, she was really reluctant to do Yeah. Um, this transformation into the into the the beast yeah. because of what happened with her mother. So I doubt she's going to ever do another one again. Effectively, this is the creation of the only bloodline is through Ayla. So uh, that that's what I think is, is where we've left it here. But I, I absolutely would love another story in this universe to tell uh, some more uh, ways this has spread uh, overall. But good stuff. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed uh, Fjell's side of the storyline uh, in this episode. Uh, John, how about yourself? What's your uh, what's your big moment from the episode? Um, it, it's it's the downfall of of Merwin. Mm. Um, to me, this episode absolutely encapsulated that she um, was yes, well read, but the wrong person at the wrong time mm-hmm. in the wrong place, with no idea of how to wield the power that she had yeah. in, in terms of the power of royalty and yeah. um, and i i just love the image of her with the crooked crown that she picks up which looks hilarious on her head mm-hmm. as she stumbles onto the throne and um, to to ask you know her her subjects to remember her and um, to pass on the stories when they're just like looking at her going you look rotten Absolutely. like you, you you look terrible yeah. you know as she bleeds out but we we saw it with uh, Balo in the previous one where she overthrows him then brings him back in and you mm-hmm. see the consequences of that decision in this episode yep. to effectively um, reneging on the agreement that she's made with Skian mm-hmm. um, and effectively sends her off to be executed with her head on a spike and I, I mean I, I think Skian you know I will hunt you for eternity I mean she's quite clear <laughs> You shouldn't have done that. Absolutely. Um, but she does it nonetheless to the the expectation that Fiol, after what she's done, and she explains it to him, would somehow then still want to father, even if he wasn't a witcher, mm-hmm. and transforming into a, sort of, you know, sort of a, a beast in front of her, that somehow he would be willing to... Uh, father the the children for her lineage yeah. her own bloodline on on this throne of the golden empire so like she's massively like naive mm-hmm. has yeah. no idea of the power i mean i thought that whole conversation between her 
telling Fjol, you know, why she had to portray both her own family, but also his family. Um, it, it just, it was done so well in terms of the awkwardness. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like she still felt she had a hold, um, over them. I, I mean, there's part of me, you know, effectively being sold off, you know, for strategic purposes, mm-hmm. um, by her brother, you know, I can understand her saying the old ways had to die. Yeah. But, and, you know, I can see why she thought that nobody saw me. That was her role to her brother, mm-hmm. probably to the royal court was that you will create the alliance with the other royal <laughs> houses. Um, and I, I just love the fact he comes back to her and says, you know, well, I saw you. Um, but you betray you betrayed us all effectively yeah. by doing what you did, and so it was actually really tragic mm. uh, uh, here with Merwin. Um, and I kind of liked the tragedy of it. I thought it mm. was just really well done, and certainly then back in her chambers after she's kind of escaped the raging fjall and mm-hmm. um, leaving just her guards that, behind to die once again. Yeah, yeah. Just that whole conversation with, uh, Ayla Absolutely. as well. Yeah. I think, you know, ultimately Ayla, again, she's trying to explain herself and so on, basically saying you're just another boot on the neck. Mm-hmm. You say the old ways had to die, but ultimately you killed off the old ways and brought them back again because you're doing exactly the same thing. It's exactly. the foot on the neck of the people. Yeah. It's having to find someone else to beat down. Mm-hmm. And just the choice that is offered by Ayla with, well, you can keep the knife in and a physician may find you. You might actually get saved. Yeah. Um, that and was such a good line. Yeah. Loved it. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to live with what you've done. Yeah. Or you can pull it out and be the coward. Exactly. And she pulls it out. Yeah. yeah. In front of her people saying, yeah. remember me. Um, the people who've just found out that they have no food, exactly. no brain, uh, nothing to, uh, nothing from the leadership of, uh, of this society. Absolutely love that scene. I thought, thought it was played really well with Ayla. Um, they loved her line as well about, uh, I've realized you're just a child. Um, who's been given the reins of a warhorse um, and don't know how to control it? Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. This idea that everything's just running away from uh, away from her. She hasn't thought about it at all. She thinks she can just step into the the boots of a uh, of a hysterical figure just because she's in that position. But just like everybody else, she has no idea what she's doing and comes from a, a place of privilege. So she feels she should become another hysterical figure, but she will be forgotten in time. Exactly. And as Ayla says, as she kind of plunges the knife, it's like, you've changed nothing. Yes. You think yeah. you've changed everything. You've changed nothing. Mm-hmm. It is exactly as before you just put yourself into that seat yeah you know and so i thought that was really good i just thought this was just so well done i think in that moment of episode one where her brother is effectively giving her no choice you know of you will marry this person and effectively that's your you know in inverted quotes your duty Mm -hmm. um and she doesn't want that and you go absolutely get that i can see why she's done it and then to be treated as the puppet by balor so that just this whole character is tragic and it's it was just really well played out i thought uh for sure yeah yeah, really good, uh, really good moment. And it's interesting, you know, after having watched, you know, House of the Dragon this year, which is all about, you know, people being married off against their wishes to unite kingdoms. That's pretty much the whole story. So you have someone that has taken uh, that step that you want some of the characters in uh, in House of the Dragon to take, you know, cut off someone's head and then you can rise to power or you on your own and you have your own agency and you see what happens to this woman that does that. You see what happens to Merwin who takes this opportunity and leads her down a path of she's still not a good leader. Well, she still shouldn't be in that position. She has no knowledge of what to do. Effectively, she's about to go out and conquer new worlds to steal their grain to feed her people. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we yeah. learned in the last episode that part of the reason why they ha- don't have enough grain is because they're digging up these monoliths that are supposed to help the land and help uh, growing yeah. of the grain to feed the people. So all of the things that she's doing are leading their people to these problems. And she believes the only way she can overcome them is to go out and conquer more lands. Um, yeah, terrible, uh, terrible plans from this character. She didn't play scenes. the Game of Thrones very well no, at all, no. um, to be honest. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I love that moment when uh, when uh, she's talking to Fiala. The first word she says to him was, after she basically learns that people are coming to kill her, she says to Fiala, Everything you've heard about me is true. Yes, I killed your family and killed my own family. That's not the start of a, of a great no. new relationship, is it? No. And I want it you to father my g- children. It was never going to work. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Good stuff. Anything else about uh, about uh, Merwin's downfall or, or that storyline, John? You know, I, as I say, it just I th- thought it was a really good kind of wrap-up to her. And yeah. it just really emphasized that tragic naivety, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I do wonder, just I'll, I'll kind of close the prophecy that she she's talking about um, as being the one who kind of breaks the, the, the unites the worlds, etc., etc. You were so was, close to saying breaks the wheel there, Chris. Yeah, I was. I know you were. <laughs> Which is another one of our fantasy shows, Wheel of Time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, who as the prophecy itself, I'm pretty sure it's about Siri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where the, it, it's all going to, and it, like that's the now towards the end, which I'm assuming Derek you're going to get into as part of the wrap up, like the connecting here now to the mages from this age to the 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 pillars. Everything is connecting back to our single source Witcher, the mm-hmm. true the the true timeline, if we want to, whatever way we <laughs> yeah. want to call it, yes. the original. Um, and Siri being that prophesized. So interesting to see that if maybe in the next season we get the two comets, um, if they start to fly overhead, um, in the next series yeah. season, because then that signifies the next age, the next time of the prophecy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be cool. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But Derek, to wrap us up, what are your top moment? this episode i think really just kind of have to wrap up the episode itself you know i loved the um the storyline with uh with ayla being the the voice of the people and how she inspired the the lowborn um yes. in the city of sintra I, I thought thought that was really really good um the the idea that that when she speaks to the people and um gives them this empowerment to to take back their uh their city effectively they start singing the song back to her, the Black Rose, um, which has, we've heard before, has, has traveled all across the continent, inspiring lowborn elves from across the whole, the whole of the continent. So I, I love that this all came back and tied up into this, uh, final rallying cry for, uh, for this group. Mm. Um, but I suppose the other big point I want to talk about is the wrap up of the episode itself, the, how it all closed out, because it kind of kicks off from the beginning of the episode and into how it wraps up and how it connects to the future, I suppose. And really it's with Balor and what happens with him. We had called it correctly back in episode two, uh, that Balor would have to sacrifice his, uh, his, um, apprentice. Um, we knew that that's what the voice was saying to him. And that is his plan. So, uh, mentioned earlier on, uh, that the plan of the queen is to go out and conquer new worlds, but he takes the army with him to the world he's already been to before. Um, his apprentice thinks he's going to sacrifice the army, but no, he sacrifices her and gets his chaos magic, which allows him to banish the army off to some form of hellscape to burn for all eternity, he says. Um, but that is also connected to what we've seen before in The Witcher. Yeah. This is what we've seen is is potentially forming the Wild Hunt, which we still don't know much about from the TV show. Uh, but we have seen that mask that, uh, that the uh, captain... Uh, picks up yes. the, uh, the skull the mask. wild hunt. Yeah. So, um, so we will hopefully uh, that will be a connector because you'd expect this is outside of time and space. That's the connection that we've heard here. These monoliths aren't just transporting people between different locations. They're also transferring them through time. We don't know where and when Balor was talking to that voice. Could have been in the future. Could have been in, in this time of the wild hunt. Could have been outside of time altogether. So, uh, so it was interesting seeing that connection from what Balor did 
bringing chaos magic as well back to uh, back to the, the continent. And then the destruction of the the great monolith itself, the main monolith itself, is what leads to this convergence of the spheres, yeah. which is another massive moment for the continent. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to hold on to the power very long. It's only a couple of minutes and then destroys the monolith, which has had the knock-on effect of bringing humans into the continent. So no longer is it just elves versus dwarves and dwarves are on the losing side and elves versus elves. It's now humans coming in uh, as a new species to this continent. So yeah. uh, they will eventually become the ruling class, I guess, uh, yeah. as the well, system Well, that up. was it. I was actually... It'd be interesting to... You know, you were saying that the history here is kind of taken from bits and places from the books. It's not mm. like you have with, um, say, the Game of Thrones, where there's a, a history of the Targaryens mm-hmm. that was done in its entirety. This is kind of, you know, those bits of information that you get through through the book. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that, you know, in effect, this rebellion by the the seven mm-hmm. is successful, yeah. mainly because all the key power players are dead. Um, you know, in terms of the different missions that they've they've had here, and mm-hmm. um, and you're just wondering, it's so is it that you know who goes into that vacuum, well, and is that why maybe Matt, the men, the old man now on their shores was able to sort of get that yep. foothold because mm-hmm. ultimately I guess that monstrous mayhem there has been this vacuum which allows them to get that foothold to build their power base to ultimately then to overthrow elves as this dominant as the dominant race on the continent. Yeah. So you know it's kind of it's a victory but long term it is this the start of that sort of um sort of a wilderness period almost for the elves with no good leader filling in that vacuum well exactly yeah yeah. we i the the more questions some additional questions i have is mini driver's character who we kind of met in the very first episode yeah um who is the overall narrator Mm -hmm. i posited that maybe she was the ball of energy Mm. Um, yeah. and that is leaning more towards what I still think now. Yeah, which I, is I, I think she's the ball of energy. That she's part of the wild hunt. She's the one who gives the wild hunt their power because we've now connected. That is now connected directly into that hellscape. Mm-hmm. So that's she's probably close to there. So she's able to kind of she imbues them with power in the future of the past or outside of time, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I do think she'll also come back. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a definite kind of because we hear her give that information outside of at the very beginning of this series. She talks about how this is to empower the elves mm-hmm. on the story that is how they rose up. Yeah, kind of. I'm kind of kind of paraphrasing a lot here, but it's basically about how Seven could take on a, a kind of an empire and win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I I still don't connect that outside because she also gives all this other details. Like she's giving a lot more like in terms of the the, the birth of the witcher and mm-hmm. the, the the like how mages brought her about the conjunction. Like there's a lot more in there so I'm wondering if she is that force of chaos. Mm-hmm. Because that force of chaos then sows more chaos with the elves to make more riots and more war. And that's then allows for her to kind of take on charge with the wild hunt and Siri. And there's a lot more machinations, I think, that they've kind of pulled in that they can play with if they so choose in the following seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as well, interestingly, you know, in terms of with the mages, Sindral, but also Avalak here have both being able to see this power, this these monoliths, these kind of um, you know concentrators of this power, is over time and space. Mm-hmm. And Mini Driver's character is described as a timeless, you know, and and, and can travel space, an entity that can do that. Mm-hmm. Which she says 
she has no form mm-hmm. in a sense like the blue sort of ball of power she can take any form that she needs to um she can be anywhere that she needs to so actually if she's not it's certainly the counterpoint to that other power you know yeah. if she could be the god to the devil yeah exactly we're getting parts of this yeah, or maybe. she is the devil um, yeah. because i think it's been told there to yaskia right in episode one she is a timeless and effectively spaceless entity mm-hmm. of some yeah. description and that's what that blue yeah. blob is yeah and but- we know chaos is bad in this fire yeah. chaos yeah. bad yeah. Not so like, and you cut fire when you condense fire and burn it at such a high ball, it, it comes blue, mm. i.e., the blue flame kind of yeah. thing. Because again, this could all just be moot. This could be, yeah, they 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 don't they pull on some of these threads in mm-hmm. season six, season five. I'm more of the opinion that this is targeted, this is this is the rogue one to the Andor, if you will. <laughs> Right. I.e., it, it, it's setting up some stuff that you're going, oh, oh, okay, we're going to use this now and really enjoy this later on. Mm-hmm. Probably actually a, a bad analogy, but you kind of understand where I'm going. Like, this has set up some characters, some pieces, and it's not going to be 100% needed. These are going to be things that can be, they can kind of slowly introduce, like, do a quick recap again in the actual. Which are main, but mm-hmm. this is for those of us like Disney Plus and MCU movies. It's well, that, yeah. and, it's and that I, kind of, if you want, you can watch it and find out way more. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll get the main kind of cinematic movie in The Witcher Prime. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say the same about, uh, about Bodomeo's um, animated uh, Witcher yeah. prequel. Like, you know, having watched that, it made me appreciate the story that was being told in season two of The Witcher. The, the idea and the concepts were all there in the animated show, but less people would watch that than the main Witcher show. So they'll, so they'll recap this. They'll recap some of the concepts from it uh, in the future to bring in some of the characters. But I was really surprised not to have the fine point that you guys t- are talking about being put on it with the return of Mini Driver at the end of the episode going, right, Yasker, there's your story. Make a song out of it. I'm returning as a big blue blob to <laughs> to where I'm going to. Like I kind of expected that they would do that at the end, yeah. that you would have mini driver disappearing into the form we've now seen her in for the last four episodes if it was mini driver you know it, it, that that's what i was kind of hoping for at yeah. the end. and for them not to do it it just felt like wow why are we back with yasker and he's now all alone he's got all his information here so he has written the story as she was speaking it and it's inspired him to write his song which is over the closing credits which again a great touch i really like that but yeah. the entire story washes away in the rain as he comes back onto the battlefield so he's lost the actual detail of the story again but he has the concept that he's turned into the song of the seven which i thought was a, a great touch yeah. Yeah. yeah no i do and i at least that's how i read it yeah no again because it was started to wash like it's going to be blast blah, blah is the <laughs> ending and you're like oh no you mean baylor balif bald see actually all of the editing that Derek has taken out of us actually mispronouncing the names mm-hmm. is incorrect because <laughs> Yasker got it wrong. Got it wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Story he's, he's is wrong. Spelt all the words wrong. We're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the other interesting sort of final thread here mm-hmm. as well is with um, Avalak the Mage um, being the. Now it's a mid credit scene, which I was kind of surprised at. But yeah. uh, I just thought that was cool. And I. I really enjoyed that because I absolutely remember that scene from the first Witcher episode. And it's also just the fact that as a mage, he's been, he's just been sort of portrayed and written as being bumbling. And yet he has, he's able to decipher Sindral's you know, notes on yeah. these monoliths and, and actually deduce. Syndra yeah. wasn't aware of the exactly. time traveling yeah. others. Yeah. In the same way, Baylor wasn't aware that you could travel through space and mm. um, to different monoliths, yeah. which Syndral did. Avalak, that final bit has realized you can travel through time yeah. through them. And I, I just really enjoyed, um, just that that little nugget in yeah. in the mid credits. He's also carrying the books as well. Yes, um, as he travels through. So uh, so hopefully they make their way into uh, 
into the Witcher world, uh, even the books themselves. But I did notice, obviously, that it mess with the original footage, right, uh, from uh, from episode one of The Witcher, because he wasn't in that scene. That's not who Siri was looking at. No. But they made it look like her reaction was him arriving uh, in the scene. So, yeah. And it can't have been filmed recently because that is the very young version of uh, of Siri that we see Definitely. in that scene. Yeah. So, so they messed it a little bit, but that's okay. We've seen that in things like Back to the Future and, uh, and other movies that have time travel in them. So, I need TV to watch shows, it, though, because yeah. I don't know whether the camera turns to show you who she's looking at in the in the first episode. I think it was the guards or something. Was, yeah, it was, it was the, remember guards, the guards. Yeah. But maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe we need to go and watch uh, watch uh, episode one of The Witcher again, just that opening sequence. Yeah, I might, might have to, yeah. actually. Yeah. And we'll come back and uh, re-record the section <laughs> <laughs> if we're completely wrong. Uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, there's, I, I really enjoyed this as the as the closing out of the episode. You know, I know I know you referenced the uh, the Return of the King endings from from Lord of the Rings. Didn't feel like that fine final end nail in the coffin of this oh, no. massive story of the world. I loved that it was coming back to visit our characters, saying goodbye to them, yeah. giving them their final moments, um, and then giving some nice connections to where we have been in The Witcher and where we could be going in The Witcher uh, in seasons three and four, uh, which are upcoming. I liked, I liked how they did that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. Any final notes about the episode? Anything we haven't discussed that you guys want to pull out? I guess it's a note. Um, it might be more of a question mm-hmm. um, because we are told that Sindral is dead mm-hmm. uh, after the whole binding but there's nothing around Balor. There's not, no. Um, so, you know, initially I assumed, okay, he must, you know, given the surge of energy and so on. However, he is the one that had the chaos magic there. Yeah. Yes, he is. So and we have had a character who has been filled full of chaos magic. Yes. Who we thought was dead and returned. So exactly. I think, yep. I think it's entirely possible that we will see uh, Lenny Henry back uh, in, at some point, uh, potentially in the sequel to this series or somewhere else if he's also learned to time travel. <laughs> yeah. Excellent stuff. Yeah. I, I, I do think that we're going to get a, a follow-up, be it not Blood Arrington to let's get Originer or um, <laughs> something like, or it will be called something else, but it will be the same cast because when you got now Michelle Yeoh and these other characters who are slowly going to, I'm pretty sure this is going to be quite big over Christmas. I hope so. Yeah. I like, I really think so because, like, with Francesca who plays Meldorf, like she's going to be a breakout, and beyond that as well, really like just uh, Sophia Brown just playing the lark, the songs. Mm-hmm. They don't need to wait and see the full 28 days. They're going to know, okay, we have the Witcher property. This is big. This is blown up a bit. Let's just fast track season two as another limited series. Because I think it is going to be, I think it's going to hopefully do that well. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I hope so. I, I guess, think so. I guess that takes us to our wrap-up of the episode. Uh, overall, what did you think of the four episodes of The Witcher Blood Origin? Does it stand up to the books, the games, series one and two, the animated prequel? Where, do you, where does it kind of land with you guys? Uh, John, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I think it does. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I'd give it four and a half chaotic uh, convergences out of five. Nice. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. I mean, and I think they've done a really good job of... The storytelling, I think it's strong, even though it's only four episodes. Mm-hmm. I think as, as it goes as a mini series, it just adds layers. And I think they've, they've got really good property here, which if I'm totally honest, you know, came at it through, through Chris, cause I hadn't played the games. Mm-hmm. I hadn't read any of the books. Um, and I've enjoyed this world and this has just developed it further. I'm lo- I love it. I mean, I, I, there's really good characters here, like whether it's uh, Meldorf, um, who is just fantastic. Mm. There is the tragedy of Merwin. There's Balor and Avalak, I think, are just really interesting figures here. Mm-hmm. Um, Fjall, it is, you know, the Witcher, just the whole concept of it, really good. Um, really enjoyed all these characters. And that's it, you know, you've got Michelle Yeoh there, fantastic and yet Sophia Brown you know is 
phenomenally good here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as is uh, Lawrence as well, who plays Fiol. Um, and I just really um, have enjoyed this. And I I love Minnie Driver. So I just, I want her to be that ball of blue energy <laughs> because I would yeah. love to have her back. Um, I You know, in some ways... She is that just very guest performer, but I'd love to see her uh, continue in The Witcher, uh, along with Lenny Henry as uh, Balor. Mm-hmm. So uh, just really enjoyed all this. And and even though, um, you know, Brother Death maybe didn't have as much sort of um, le- onion layering around him, mm-hmm. I think that was the point of it. It was the tongue-in-cheek element, yeah. the same as Balor saying... If we don't stop the, the, these two uh, in Fiol and mm-hmm. the Lark, there'll be a folk tale that will inspire that, you know, and that's what happened. You know, th- there's a really good tongue in cheek element here yeah. um, across these series. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely love this. Uh, four and a half chaotic convergences out of five. And also, I'm just, I'll put it there. Five out of five for the actual series. In the, I've scored this pretty highly, and I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same with the animated series mm-hmm. as well. I just wasn't expecting really that much from it. And in the end, it was like, this is really good. And it's really expanded this world mm-hmm. in a good yep. way. So, yep. yeah, hats off. Good stuff, good stuff. And the fan of The Witcher, uh, Chris. Overall, what did you think of uh, The Witcher Blood Origin? Overall, I loved it. Like, I, pretty much everything John has said and everything I've said over the last four episodes. My complaint, if you want to call it a complaint, is I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to spend a bit more time in this prequel world um, and understanding all the reasons why they did it and more. But at the same point, I'm just like, oh, but I, oh, I could have done with just some more time. Everything getting, like... A couple more minutes to breathe because it just kind of kept me more. But for what it is, it is a short, sharp shock of prequel magic to the system on a, on a holiday where we have time to, obviously we're recording a bit ahead of time, Mm -hmm. but we had, most people will have time to watch this over the Christmas period, kind of one a day for four days and Mm -hmm. like it's perfect. This is like, Christmas bit, or you can do a Christmas binge sitting on the couch on Boxing Stevens's Day, um, and just kind of really just lying in your comfies, having your leftovers, watching this show for four hours. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect timing, it's the perfect setup, and it just makes me more hyped for the next season of The Witcher, mm-hmm. like the, the continuation of the, the story. They didn't have to connect this the way they did. We didn't have to get Yaskin. Yeah. We didn't have to get the mid-credit scene. We didn't have to get the, the wild hunt connections mm-hmm. or like, like they could have just kept it at the origin of the Witcher plus blood magic plus KO magic. Like that's all they really had to kind of connect it to, but they went further. And this is what so I'm like, Oh, you've left some threads that can be pulled mm-hmm. either on your own sequel or in the actual main show proper Witcher or in an animated version next. Like Absolutely. there's many options and I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. The, the, the world of the Witcher and video games is being expanded by CD project red mm-hmm. over the next couple of years beyond that as well. There is going to be a whole host of new people coming in with the current next gen update that went out for, or the current gen update for the Witcher uh, Wild Hunt Complete Edition that came out mm-hmm. recently for PS5 and, and Xbox. PS5 yeah. and Xbox mm-hmm. Series X and Series S mm-hmm. and PC, obviously, um, with ray tracing and all the bells and whistles. But there's also brought in some additional story content mm-hmm. to kind of expand. If you get the the actual um, the uh, Geralt's armor from the TV show as well. Oh, right, very good, very good. That's about 500 hours of gameplay in The Witcher, Witcher oh, 3, right? So, so good. So how, uh, how much yeah. more do you want it expanded? So, uh, you, it looks great, really that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> if you want some amazing story, the DLC Blood and Wine is just beautiful. Right. Like, it's some of the best. That was about 15 hours of just DLC content that I was just like, the storyline itself, intrigue, is just amazing. Um, overall, this just really expands it for me. And much like everyone else, I just like, give me more. Mm-hmm. 
knowing full yeah. well it's this time next year before we get more. Maybe. Like, and yeah. probably it's like that's when we can expect the next round. Yeah. But let's see. But Derek, outside of all what I've said and what John said, what was your total thoughts? How do you wrap up this in comparison to what you've played, what you thought, the the series proper, the animators? Tell me, tell us. I really enjoyed this overall. Um, I was a little cold on the first season, which, as we as we talked about before, I was I was the one that was least impressed. I think uh, by the fir- at least the first half of the first season, which is always difficult when you when you go through four episodes of a show and don't like it, and then have another four to go through. Uh, and I was kind of sold on it by the time we got into the second season. I was a bit more sold on The Witcher, so um, it always feels like a little bit of an uphill battle when I go into a new Witcher project where I'm going, "Oh, please don't be, please be impressed by this, please." make an impressive show so i'm glad to say witcher blood origin was really enjoyable overall i have i have really enjoyed spending time with the characters i love the the very basic setup it's a simple story in a way of the seven characters coming together to take on an empire they they set that up in the first episode they told you what it was all about i think it paid off very well because that's the story they were telling and it is a slightly simpler story than I thought they were going to tell as well, because we had the mention of the convergence of spheres and the fact that this is the blood origin of the Witcher. They told, they aired much more on the side of telling that story of how the first Witcher was created, um, than telling the story of what happened with the convergence of spheres. For me, if there was anything else I wanted out of this show was a bit more of that. That seemed like, you know, the merging of multiple worlds together with explosions in the sky and uh, a new species coming to the continent. All that stuff sounds like much a much bigger story than what we actually got in the show. And it was kind of told in three or four minutes um, and while yeah, budget being, that's, being that's put fair. on screen. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was all really cool right at the end of the episode, uh, of the final episode. But the story that we did get uh, with these characters I thought was really good. Yeah, it's, I, I would say it's, um, yeah, it's, it's high up there. As a, as a good one to watch, I, I think it, you're right, Chris. This is a great one that people will be hopefully sitting around and watching over the uh, over the holiday period. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Good stuff. We're going to hand over to our wonderful fellow Witchers with their thoughts on the series of The Witcher Blood Origin. And again, yet more turkey, yet more ham, uh, <laughs> and back with yet more feedback yes. on, on Blood Origin episodes three and four. Uh, first up, Doctor Bob Phillips over on Facebook on episode three says the pace felt back on again with this episode a bit more backstory woven into the wake and a really tremendous witcher birth story i did genuinely think skian had done a Giorgio at the face of the death gully and a good choice of trope false uniform versus the messier sewer raid i thought they'd pick <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah it's a good trope to steal the uniforms of the opposing army and just walk through the front door isn't it it is it is really good and yeah, yeah. i think um that uh, the whole Witcher birth story was was great. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know, as as I mentioned on the feedback section of the last episode, having this wonderful actress um, in the role, you know, you can call back to her role as Emperor Giorgio as a villainous role, so you think she may be taking that turn. Uh, yeah, effectively, for so. sure. Doctor Bob also provided some feedback on episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Corridor fights, flaming poo pots, the <laughs> mystic slaughter of BSL using deaf daughters. They missed an opportunity to fade color in the lips of Mervyn's bleeding out, though. The Lark trying to do a Romanov on the Hulky Witcher, but it all going a bit pear shaped was very fitting and a good wrap up for the show." Looks like Chris Jones has used up all his predictive power for 2023, though. <laughs> and does the Elvish alphabet end with an M, not a Z? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why the order of the names were completely all over the place. So go by the Elvish alphabet. Yes. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for trying to fix our our guesswork, Doctor Bob. <laughs> for sure. And maybe Chris Jones's predictive power for. 2023 as well as 2022 finished in 2015 (laughs) who knows who knows but he has techno wizardry and ai interfaces although he is literally um a terminator (laughs) chris no he's not if he was mic'd up he'd say something but uh but he's not mic'd up yet i know Uh, he's just joining us fellow uh witches uh (laughs) and has just connected in with this piece of feedback from mm-hmm. dr bob phillips so i don't think he has any idea what we're talking I don't about think it so is. it's quite think it quite good fun 
<laughs> but thank you, Dr. Bob. Uh, we also had some feedback in from Coffee Vodka on email. Uh, his feedback for the final two episodes, for episode three and four. He says, greetings, fellow origin orating defenders. Continuing the 10-part series edited down to just the good bits, our heroes see and solve the problem, creating a new world chock full of new problems. The end. Of more interesting note were the baddies, both of which were refreshingly insecure, their machinations and strengths coming from trying to rise from unfair circumstances foisted upon them from generations of highborn privileged rule, a cautionary tale if ever there was one. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of strengths, the dialogue, along with all other aspects of the series, remained high throughout, with nary a dull moment. Finally, the promise of the premise was carried through with the creation of the first Witcher, and a hell of a great rallying song for the currently oppressed races under human rule. Allegory for the silent flora and fauna-based victims in our mar- march towards the seventh extinction. Or am I reading too much into a simple miniseries placed between regular seasons of The Witcher? 4.5 double-dealing ghosts and switched off Witchers out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Good stuff, coffee and vodka. Um, it may well be an mm. allegory to the se- seventh extinction, uh, I guess, which is rapidly coming down the track. Let's hope not. Don't change our ways. <laughs> Dare what I a, say it? What a way to end the year. Uh, on <laughs> exactly. Of, of Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. <laughs> With that depressing note of finality. Yes, yes. But at least the show was uh, was full of uh, no dull moments and uh, lots of fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Coffee Vodka, and thanks to everyone for your feedback for these two episodes. We'll be back in the new year, I think, uh, with some more Witcher. Yes, season three. Mm-hmm. The final season featuring Henry Cavill as Geralt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Looking forward mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> that was your best Henry Cavill impression that you've done so far, Josh. It was. <laughs> mm. That's it for our coverage of The Witcher Blood Origin. Thanks so much for joining us uh, for all four episodes of the show. We've got loads more coming up next year on TV Podcast Industries. Remember, we do have our end-of-year wrap-up available now on tvpodcastindustries.com and on all of our feeds uh, for TV Podcast Industries. Uh, That's where we look back on what happened in 2022, all 97 or 98 episodes that we've covered and look forward to the kind of shows and movies we'll be covering in 2023 as well. Uh, It's available now. Uh, We will also be back in January with our first show. We couldn't be any earlier in January if we tried. The first show starting off next year is Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. We kick off the first two episodes of that from the 4th of January. Good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. And if you liked everything you heard in 2022 and can't wait to hear more from us in 2023, please don't forget that you can support us by heading over to patreon.com slash TV podcast injuries, where by simply tossing a coin to your fellow Witcher, you can support us for any ongoing monthly amount. But if you just want to do a quick Christmas donation, a Christmas gift, why not head on over to buy me a coffee dot com slash tvpi where you can get us an old irish coffee for our troubles but also don't forget that you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can share the podcast like subscribe leave us a review five star everywhere and all that because most importantly if you share the podcast you are sharing what gentlemen Sharing the love. Sharing the love. The Christmas tinseled love. Exactly. (laughs) Wrapped with a bow and everything. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for joining us once again. We'll speak to you again next time. Ta-ra! Thank you, fellow witches, for joining us on this Blood Origin. Uh, We'll be back in 2023. uh, But in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep witching. Bye. Bye. Bye.